Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is November 9th, 2021, and our first story The White House, the Biden administration, is openly defying a court order instructing businesses to move forward with the vaccine mandate, even though the Fifth Circuit said no. Joe Biden has repeatedly abused his power and the GOP must impeach, but I don't think they have the spine to do it. In our next story, Kyle Rittenhouse smeared by the media. They deceptively edit testimony to make it seem like Rittenhouse is guilty, even though the trial seems to be heavily favoring the self-defense claim. And in our last story, Gavin Newsom is missing. He got his COVID booster shot and then canceled his appearances for two weeks. Even the New York Times is asking questions about what happened to him. And I gotta be honest, I think he's sick, but who knows for sure? We'll take a look. And before we get started, leave us a good review. Give us five stars and tell your friends about the show. It really helps. Now, let's get into that first story. I want to take you back in time to the Trump administration. The president at the time, Donald Trump, was on the phone with the president of Ukraine. He had seen a video online of former Vice President Joe Biden saying that he got a Ukrainian prosecutor fired, that if the Ukraine wanted their billion dollar aid package, they better fire a prosecutor. Now, it just so happens that this prosecutor was investigating a man named Mykola Zlochevsky, who was the founder of a company called Burisma, in which Joe Biden's son was a board member. Donald Trump was accused of abusing his power for simply asking Ukraine to look into what that was all about. That was the gist of the Ukraine gate phone call. For this, Democrats impeached Donald Trump. Now, the story is a bit complicated, but take a look at what's happening now with the Biden administration. In this report from CNBC, White House tells businesses to proceed with vaccine mandate despite court ordered pause. Now, I'm not going to play games here. They're effectively saying, don't worry about the court order. Just get your workplace vaccinated. But they're effectively saying we mandated this. Waiting is pointless. Get it done regardless of what the courts say. This is common at this point with the Biden administration. We saw it with the eviction moratorium. Joe Biden said, you know, it's probably unconstitutional to try and mandate the government seizure of private property. But you know what? We'll probably lose in court anyway, but we'll get a month out of it. Amazingly, on more than one occasion, the Biden administration has instructed people 
or outright defy the legislative branch as it pertains to the eviction moratorium, vaccine mandates, and the judicial branch as it pertains to their court orders as to what the Biden admin has the power to do. To put it simply, the White House has gone above and beyond to abuse their power, violating the checks and balances of our government. So why is Joe Biden not being impeached? If a phone call was enough to get Donald Trump impeached, certainly defying the courts over and over again, bypassing the legislature, certainly that would be an abuse of power. So long as Democrats are in control, it won't happen because we are in an era of tribalism. But I can show you that regular people are fed up with vaccine mandates. They're fed up with Joe Biden. And while many Democrats, not all, blindly follow behind the establishment and Joe Biden, independent voters and Republicans are saying enough. Joe Biden's approval rating is in the gutter. And we saw what happened in Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey and New York. Let me tell you something. You probably heard this. People are so fed up with the Democrats that a trucker in New Jersey filed to run, spending only $153 and beat the incumbent. I believe it was like a four term, but it was the incumbent Democrat state senator who's refusing to concede. Of course, in the media, they're like, you know, uh, Sidorelli, the, 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 the candidate for the Republican governorship in New Jersey, is refusing to concede. Meanwhile, McAuliffe conceded in Virginia. They're trying to make it seem like Republicans are the only ones who refuse to back down. Yeah, well, in New Jersey, this state senator is refusing to back down as well. Now, I'm not going to rehash that story. I just want to point out people are so fed up with Democrats, they're willing to vote for anybody as long as there's no D next to their name. So what will come in 2022? Many are saying red tsunami. I'm not entirely convinced. I am not entirely convinced Republicans will do what needs to be done in terms of the ground game of the activism of getting out door to door. But we are watching in real time as our president abuses his power over and over again. Not only are the vaccine mandates likely going to be ruled unconstitutional, we have, you have the media lying, claiming, oh, they're constitutional. No, a fine was constitutional, not barring someone from a public accommodation, which puts businesses at odds with the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, and this mandate. But you have people who are just outright refusing to comply, saying no to this. And Joe Biden knows if he says it, Enough people will bend the knee, and when the courts strike him down, he'll have one anyway. They want people to get vaccinated. Not, uh, by all means, okay, good. You know, people should go to the doctor and figure out what makes sense for them. But what game, the game they're playing at is they know they have no power to do this. They're hoping people believe they do. And that's what's scary. Because if everyone just starts acting as though Biden can make these decrees, which he's doing, then they'll keep encroaching and making more and more decrees. And the Supreme Court has already told Joe Biden no, and he's ignored them. Now he's ignoring the Fifth Circuit. We'll see where this leads. But let's read about this and we'll get into what's going on with the economy. The result of the vaccine mandates are absolutely causing major problems. Inflation is through the roof. Biden's approval ratings in the gutter and he's trying to pass off pass the buck. Mm -mm. Let's read. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you will get an ad-free experience, and you'll be supporting our fierce and independent journalists. You'll also get access to all of our members-only content from all of our shows and many more to come, including our massive library of members-only podcast shows with a ton of awesome guests you know and love. But don't forget to like this video right now. Smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share this video right now across all social media, all social media. If you really want to help out, post it wherever you can. It really does help. Now, 
Let's read the first story from CNBC. White House tells businesses to proceed with vaccine mandate despite court ordered pause. This to me, I'm not surprised by. I'm not surprised. The White House on Monday said businesses should move forward with President Joe Biden's vaccine and testing requirements for private businesses, despite a federal appeals court ordering a temporary halt to the rules. People should not wait. White House Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre told reporters during a briefing they should continue to move forward and make sure they're getting their workplace vaccinated. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit considered one of the most conservative appellate courts in the country, halted the requirement Saturday pending review, writing that, quote, the petitions give cause to believe there are grave statutory and constitutional issues with the mandate. The Republican attorneys general in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, South Carolina and Utah, as well as several companies requested the pause. They argue the requirements exceed the or the authority of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which will enforce the mandates and amount to an unconstitutional delegation of power to the executive branch by Congress. In its response Monday evening, the Biden administration asked the court to lift the pause, dismissing the states and companies' claims of harm as premature. Given that the deadlines for vaccination and testing are not until January, the administration claimed that pausing the requirements would likely cost dozens or even hundreds of lives per day as the virus spreads. The Labor and Justice Departments also argued that OSHA acted within its authority as established by Congress. Now, let me tell you, I got COVID recently. I got over COVID recently, and it was the worst sickness I've ever had. Not everybody is affected the way I was affected. And I mean it 100% genuinely. I was struggling to breathe. I was in extreme pain. I was delirious. No, no I'm not exaggerating. I, I could not sleep for three days. I was straight up hallucinating. I mean that. I know how bad it is. And I know that people have a choice. And so do I. Now, we take reasonable precautions to make sure people don't get sick here, but the government should not be mandating this. More importantly, if the courts say no, then the executive branch should say, then we counter. Instead, they're telling businesses to ignore the court order. I don't think I, I think Joe Biden should be impeached immediately. I just don't see Republicans as having the willpower to actually do it. They say the court ordered pause came a day after the requirements went into effect, starting the countdown for businesses with 100 or more employees to ensure their staff have received the shots required for full vaccination by January 4th. And as we've seen already with the NBA, full vaccination requires booster shots. It is not just getting two shots anymore. And now the Surgeon General has already stated they may implement this mandate on all businesses regardless of how many employees they have. So right now, 100 or more, they're saying they may actually say 100 or less as well. Every company. I will not comply. That to me is entirely unconstitutional. I do not believe businesses should be mandating medical procedures, period. Look, I'll tell you the extent that we went when we had COVID here. We don't have a vaccine mandate. We don't have a mask mandate. We don't have testing requirements. Aha, but wait, when someone got sick, we asked them to take a test. When they tested positive, we said you should quarantine until you test negative, then come back to work. I think that's reasonable. We're not docking anyone's pay. We're making sure everybody gets paid during that time where we had the outbreak. We do want them to test negative, And they did. But one time because they had covid not every single day, not making them spend money on these tests. And some can be expensive, but literally just saying 
if you're not sick, then we'll do the best we can. We've got hand sanitizer. We wash our hands. Our studio is socially distanced. Believe it or not, it's a big table. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. If somebody gets sick, we tell them don't come into work. I don't care if you got a cold, the flu, or otherwise. I don't see why we should be mandating private businesses force medical procedures on their staff. And that's not just the vaccine. That's the testing as well. It's also a minor medical procedure. Sticking a swab up someone's nose and running a test. I don't think it's any of my business as a company. If you come into work sick, dick move. We're not, at least we're here. If you are sick, don't come in. I think a one-size-fits-all policy doesn't work. But more importantly, and more to the point, outside of that, me recognizing the risks, Joe Biden is absolutely crossing the line here. They say, Republican attorneys general in at least 26 states have challenged Biden's vaccine and testing requirements in five different U.S. appeals court since last Friday. The RNC said it has also challenged the requirements in the D.C. Court of Appeals. It's unclear which court will ultimately decide the case. When multiple petitions are filed in at least two courts, the cases are consolidated in one of those courts through a lottery system. The Justice Department said in a filing Monday, the lottery is expected to take place around November 16th. The Biden administration, in its response Monday, said the courts should not rule rule until the jurisdiction for the consolidated case has been selected. David Vladek, a professor of law at Georgetown University, said there's a high probability that the case will end up before the Supreme Court. There are justices on the court who want to rein in the administrative state. And this is a case in which those concerns are likely to come to the fore, Vladek told CNBC. However, we already saw it with the eviction moratorium. Joe Biden defied the Supreme Court and said that the Supreme Court struck down the eviction moratorium. So Joe Biden said, you know what? We'll do it again anyway. He even said he knew it likely wouldn't survive in the courts, but at least it'll buy people a month defying checks and balances. All right. Well, let me show you where Joe Biden's at. Civics has Joe Biden at 37% approval, 53% disapproval. Among Republicans, I think it's fairly obvious. The dude started at 90% disapproval. Now he is at 95% disapproval among Republicans. But come on, of course, Republicans don't like Joe Biden. Independent voters are where it matters most. And Joe Biden is at 25% approval among independent voters, 62% disapproval. Interestingly, among Democrats, 76 approval. This is big. I know Democrats would will blindly just support Joe Biden. But take a look at this. Joe Biden started with 90 percent approval, has done such a bad job that even those who are Democrats now disapprove. 
or neither approved or disapproved. They're saying, I don't want to say anything about him. 10% disapproval among Democrats. Joe Biden is failing this country and trying to pass the book. He's lying. Real Clear Politics has his aggregate disapproval at 51.8% with 42.6% aggregate approval. Now, this is over the past couple of weeks, and it includes a bunch of different polls, not just the one from Civics. I always try to show the aggregate. Now, the reason I like Civics so much is that they track way far back, and you can actually see the graph. So their numbers may be off, but the trends are not. Seeing the disapproval growing is showing the trend. And we can see that they have 124,000 responses from Democrats alone. Among all individuals, they have, okay, so I guess it still says total registered voters is 124,000, not just Democrats, total. That's a big, big number for a poll. Here we go. From the Daily Mail, I didn't run because of polls. Biden brushes off dire approval ratings as low as 39% and links drop in popularity to anxiety over COVID and gas prices in rare interview with local TV station. This is amazing. Joe Biden is trying to pass the buck. COVID is his problem. He's the president. These are his policies, the vaccine mandates, what's working, what isn't. California now has twice the COVID rate of Florida. Now you can blame the governors for sure, but the buck stops with Joe Biden. And Joe Biden is more in line with Gavin Newsom than he is Ron DeSantis. In fact, Biden has heavily criticized DeSantis and other Republican governors who have lower COVID rates in their states. So what happens? Regular people see this and say, Biden, shut up. You are wrong. And what about the economy? The vaccine mandates are causing people to resign from their jobs. We've already seen some NBA stars, Kyrie Irving notably, saying, I ain't going to play that game. Literally, he's not going to play in the NBA because of the vaccine mandates. Now, that's just one guy. and There's a couple others in the NBA. But what do you think is happening across the board? We already have businesses struggling to hire. Now Biden's trying to mandate a vaccine. Some people are going to say no to. I think you got to go to a doctor and figure out what makes sense for you. I did. Maybe you'll get prescribed the vaccine. Maybe you won't. Maybe they'll recommend. I don't know. That's you and your medical history, not mine. A one size fits all policy doesn't work. President Joe Biden participated in a rare live television interview on Monday on Cincinnati station local 12. He sat down with the local station just two days after his approval rating hit a new low of 38 percent. In the latest USA Today Suffolk University poll, nearly half of those surveyed said Biden failed to meet their expectations. But he shrugged off voters' displeasure when interviewer Kyle Inskeep asked Biden if those numbers meant needing to shift his focus. Well, look, the poll I saw before I walked in on another station was my polling's down to 48, uh, is down, but it's 48% to 52. That's uh, relatively close to what RCP, Real Politics, is saying, but they have at 42% approval, not 48. So by all means, Joe, try and make it seem like your approval is higher. But look, the point is, I didn't run because of the polls. He added that Americans were feeling more uncertain right now because of the ongoing pandemic and rising prices at the pump. And that's true. A lot of people are worried. Think about this. Look at what 750,000 people have died because of COVID. The psychological scars that has put on so many people. Schools have not been opened because of COVID. Well, let me go back to civics. And let me show you. Joe Biden's approval rating. The American Rescue Plan is signed and it's static. Delta becomes dominant variant. His approval rating slips only a little bit. Taliban captures Kabul. Collapse. The failures of Afghanistan really did hit hard with the American people. And that was a turning point, an inflection point, where Joe Biden's approval started tanking substantial, a bit more. It is fair to say that when 
between the Delta, uh, according to civics, the Delta variant and Afghanistan, he went down one percentage point. But since Afghanistan, we've seen him drop two points within a month. And then within a few months, he's dropped nearly, what, what are we at? Six approval, uh, six points in his approval rating. Joe Biden is doing a bad job as leader. Afghanistan was a major catastrophe. The economy is in shambles. And Joe Biden can't keep lying about it. The media can't keep protecting him. Because sooner or later, people see what the media is saying and they say, this is insane. Take a look at this from the New York Times. Americans are flush with cash and jobs. They also think the economy is awful. The psychological effects of inflation seem to have the upper hand. Flush with cash and jobs. Let me ask you, comment below. Are you flush with cash? How's your job? Now, the truth is there are a lot of job openings. People aren't taking them. Many people aren't flush with cash. They're struggling. They think the economy is awful. Why? Well, I talked to, I was talking to someone recently, keep their private details private, and they were saying everything's become more expensive and they can't afford it. Their job doesn't pay enough and their job is now mandating vaccines and boosters. So they're quitting. I can't blame them. If inflation is making it so that you're not making enough money at your work, why work there? You need to find a better job. If they're mandating vaccines and you don't want to keep getting booster shots, I mean, that's between you and your doctor, a choice you're going to have to make. But now the industry is going to lose these workers because of Joe Biden's policies. Take a look at this. From Fox 12, KPTV.com, Americans have never been so much in debt. Two hours ago, from, this is from today. And I think this New York Times uh, article, The Upshot, is from a few days ago. So which is it, flush with cash or in major debt? Maybe both. Maybe people have some cash, but their debt is piling up because of the lockdowns, because of Democrat policies. To see a man win in New Jersey, putting up only 153 bucks to run, beating the incumbent Democrat, people are saying, I will take a ham sandwich over a Democrat candidate at this point. From Herald.net, why longer lasting inflation might be a good thing. Really, people are struggling. Biden's making it worse. The media is covering it up, either claiming it's not his fault inflation is happening. It is. Or outright saying inflation is good. MSNBC columnist says current inflation crisis is actually a good thing. James Surawaki called the coronavirus pandemic an unlikely hero of the current economy. Are you nuts? Inflation is a good thing. People are losing their jobs. People can't afford to buy groceries. Businesses can't afford to pay enough because the inflation gas prices are through the roof. People are struggling to get by. Let me tell you why. Take a look at this. Daily Mail. White House admits it is studying closing Michigan's Line 5 oil pipeline after first saying reports were inaccurate. Republicans demand line be kept open to stop soaring gas prices, causing a crisis this winter. Biden is considering shutting down the Line 5 oil pipeline that links Superior, Wisconsin, with Sarnia, Ontario, Jean-Pierre confirmed. Do you know what this will do? If there is no supply of oil into this country, then gas supply is low and demand remains the same. But if demand remains the same and supply drops, prices will go up. If demand increases over the winter and supply goes low, the prices will go way up. Joe Biden banned fracking on public land and shut down the Keystone Pipeline. This did not stop the flow of, of natural gas or oil or into the United States because they weren't fracking. He banned the future fracking and the pipeline wasn't finished yet. 
What did happen is that speculators anticipate in the coming years, supply will be diminished because these projects have been halted and the supply will not be coming in. Thus, they bought up supply, increasing demand, causing prices to surge. An increase in gas prices means that the average worker says, look, it costs me more money to get to work these days. I need a raise. The business then says shipments and deliveries for the products we are selling cost more because of the increase in gas prices. I don't know if I can I can afford to pay you more because I'm paying more in shipping costs. Shipping costs means higher material costs. It affects everything. Inflation hits across the board and then we get slammed by record pr- uh, pr- uh, product uh, price increases. Producer prices rise 8.6% matching September record high from the AP. Inflation at the wholesale level rose 8.6% last month from a year earlier, matching September's record annual gain and offering more evidence that inflationary pressures are not yet easing. The Labor Department reported Tuesday that its producer price index, which measures inflation before it hits consumers, rose 0.6% last month from September. Excluding volatile food and energy prices, wholesale inflation was up 0.4% in October from September and 6.8% from a year ago. More than 60% of the September-October increase in overall producer prices was caused by a 1.2% increase in the price of wholesale goods as opposed to services. Mostly dormant for decades, inflation has returned to the U.S. this year. The economy's strong rebound from the 2020 coronavirus caught many businesses by surprise. Their scramble to meet unexpectedly strong demand has increased shortages of labor, has created shortages of labor, raw materials, and goods and snarled traffic at ports and freight yards. The result has been higher prices, and the supply squeeze is expected to last at least well into 2022. Now, that's partially true. They're omitting a lot of information about Joe Biden bumbling through all of this. It is true that when businesses started to reopen, there was a major rush for supplies. When a small business, a restaurant, for instance, is shut down, they have maybe $20,000 worth of food in that restaurant. They need to move that product within a few days. It spoils. They get shut down for two weeks. It spoils. They just lost 20 grand. How do they recover it? They can't. Many of these businesses shut down and will never come back. For those that were able to make it through as soon as they open, they need to buy $20,000 worth of food for their restaurant. How are they going to get it? Supply is limited. Not only that, when the businesses shut down, demand for all of these products went down, went down with the businesses. So let's say there's a chicken producer and they have tons of chickens and they say, we've got X many businesses that need chicken. And then all those businesses get shut down. We saw it. Dairy farms were dumping dairy just onto the ground, just getting rid of it. Farms were tilling over crops and pushing them back into the earth to rot and decay because they couldn't sell it. Then you had the manufacturing They couldn't produce because they didn't have the demand on either end. So like containers and shipping and stuff, everything shut down. This was mostly Democrat policy. But you know what? Donald Trump played a role in 15 days to slow the spread as well. But Donald Trump isn't president anymore. Joe Biden is. Now the buck stops with him. What has he done? Exacerbated the problem. He is attacking American energy infrastructure. They are planning on shutting down another pipeline that brings oil into this country. I'm not a big fan of fossil fuels. I like renewable energy. I have an electric car myself. But I also think you can't destroy people's lives for your ideological gains. What needs to happen is we need legitimate market solutions. Biden Democrats aren't about that. 
they know that they have destroyed American energy independence. Under Trump, we were energy independent. Joe Biden shuts down Keystone. He bans fracking on, on public lands. Not a fan of, of either, to be completely honest. And what do we get? Well, now they got to move oil by freight, which is it's, it's very dangerous. He wants to shut down another oil pipeline. We already saw a major oil pipeline get hacked, if it even did. I mean, the official reports are that it was, but who knows? The media came out and said there was no shortage of gasoline. A lie. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Here's what I think is happening. Joe Biden knows he's destroying the economy. I think it's for ideological reasons. They don't want people to panic, however. So the media comes out and just slow rolls everybody. When all of a sudden people realized that the gas stations didn't have gas, the media publishes stories saying there's no gasoline shortage. Calm down. It's funny. What they really meant was at the federal level, at the national level, there's still gasoline. But people in these towns, like in North Carolina, where there was major gas shortages, weren't asking about whether or not California had gas. They were asking whether or not their gas stations had gas. And as it turns out, the gas stations where they lived did not. All this plays a role in people being unable to work, which results in inflation. There is, you know, it's, it's interesting how the economy works. It's a very complicated beast. But when graphene, well, we'll bring up graphene because, you know, if you watch Tim Castile podcast, you know, Ian likes to bring up graphene. Why is graphene? It's, it's an old, it's an old discovery. I mean, we've known about it for some time. Why isn't there a lot more of it? It's very expensive to make when very few people make it. The more people are producing the greater the supply, then prices go down. Joe Biden seems to be doing everything in his power to do the inverse of this. He is not helping supply. He's making it seem like he is when they said we're going to have the ports operate 24-7 because the ports are jammed up in Los Angeles. Not telling you that what's really happening is empty containers can't be shipped anywhere. So truckers were dumping them just on the side of the road. They had nowhere to put them. They couldn't put them back on the boats because nobody wanted to ship them. The cost of shipping went up to like 20, 30,000, $20 or $30,000 for a shipping container. The price of goods skyrockets across the board. It's amazing to me. You try and talk to somebody and, and tell them how this is the Biden administration violating the rules, abusing their power and making everything worse. And they just deflect and say no. During Donald Trump's presidency, he did a lot of bad things. Missile strikes on Syria, commando raids in Yemen, bad foreign policy stuff. The trade war was not fun. 
Prices were, 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 were kind of wild and crazy. Some things were harder to come by, but for the most part, no one really noticed this stuff. The economy, it was a booming. In 2019, I heard over and over again from people that it was the best year of their lives. So what happened? Well, the man had a potty mouth. He wasn't the worst on foreign policy. He wanted to get us out of Afghanistan. Look at how people reacted to Joe Biden's withdrawal. He, he screwed everything up. We had Cash Patel on the show, on TimCast.rl, and he was there saying, here's what we prepared for Afghanistan. They wanted to keep Bagram Air Force Base, keep a contingent of special forces there. And I said, I think that's a good idea. I'm not a fan of a permanent presence, but it's better than what happened under Joe Biden when they just tanked everything, giving up our strategic positions and resulting in a collapse of this country. It is Joe Biden who is in charge. It is Joe Biden who is incapable of doing this. And it is Democrats who have been pushing consistently insane policies. You take a look at some of these, these media channels, especially with like the Rittenhouse trial, and they're lying. And I can come out all day and night and show you the evidence they are lying. I did it this morning. I played a clip of what they said, and then I showed the news reports from ABC. MSNBC overtly lying about what's going on. But people believe it. And so this is our challenge. I can show you this news report from the AP. Producer prices rise 8.6% matching record high. I can show you the White House is studying, okay, studying, they haven't done it yet, closing an oil pipeline. And then they'll claim gas prices are only going up because of demand. What they don't tell you is that Joe Biden has been actively antagonistic towards the energy sector, causing these problems. He also waived sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 Russian oil pipeline. Why? It appears Joe Biden, the Biden administration, is trying to get foreign countries to produce oil that we can then buy. I think it makes sense if you think about it. The U.S. dollar is the petrodollar. It's the U.S. It's the global reserve currency. How do you make sure other countries are going to use the dollar for everything? Military might and making sure they can produce and sell it. These other countries producing the oil are, well, they have to buy U.S. dollars. They have to sell it in U.S. dollars. If they're getting their oil from us or if we don't need to buy their oil, they don't need to buy U.S. dollars. It seems, what it's like, it seems like what this is all about is Joe Biden, the, the, the neoliberals and the neocons want that global hegemony. They want the petrodollar to remain strong. They don't care about this country. They care about the global order of things. And that's not wrong. I mean, we don't want world war and we want trade to work. We want the, the globe, to the, the planet to be functioning properly. But you see, what they're really doing is they're driven by ideology and elitism. They think you're stupid. They think they're smarter than you. And they're willing to sacrifice you for their ideology. Nah, sorry. I think that I think we should be being responsible for ourselves. I think we should reduce our carbon footprints and all that stuff. Genuinely mean it. And that starts with getting more space, moving away from cities, growing some of your own food and being responsible for yourself. That means the U.S. needs to be energy independent, producing its own energy and not trying to use some political manipulation with the petrodollar to gain control over other countries. Maybe if we share that ideology, maybe then the world would be a better place. But so long as you have the military industrial complex, Joe Biden and these other crooked cronies playing this dirty game, we're not going to get there. We're going to keep repeating the cycles of the past. And it's unfortunate that people believe this stuff. It's unfortunate that they keep buying into it, even the progressives. Too many large YouTube channels are faux progressives pretending to oppose the establishment, but backing them every step of the way.
I don't like the Republican Party. I don't like the Democratic Party. I'm not a fan of, Don, uh, of Donald Trump for the most part. Definitely, he was better than Joe Biden. He's got some good policy positions. I'd rather have him over the Democratic establishment because he's anti-establishment. But I'd honestly prefer Ron DeSantis, even though I disagree with some of his policy positions. I think he's got enough of the good ones in the culture war. Don't like the Republican Party, but any meaningful resistance to the establishment would be a good thing. Let's see how DeSantis does on foreign policy. And we'll see, it. We'll see what happens in 2022 if I end up getting, uh, giving any support to these Republicans who end up running. They might win. They might not. We'll see. With Joe Biden doing as bad as he is, we need Republicans to impeach him. And I mean that genuinely. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Yesterday, we saw a terrible moment for the state's case and the Kyle Rittenhouse case when their key witness testified he was only fired upon when he pointed his gun at Kyle Rittenhouse. There's a funny thing. If you Google search it, if you turn on the likes of, you know, MSNBC, you get a completely false reality. It's crazy. I mean, it's obvious to all of us. It's obvious to you who are watching because you probably watch my channel because we break through the BS of the establishment narrative. But it is truly, truly profound to see it so palpable, the lies and manipulation. Take a look at this story. Kyle Rittenhouse shooting survivor delivers tearful testimony in teen's murder trial. Framing is everything. And so when I talk about how the media lies, a lot of people are like, there, there, was, there was one post uh, by the Daily Beast, and they were just like, you know, this guy testified X, Y, and Z, and I said, the media just lies. And a bunch of people, you know, these leftists respond with, they're just reporting what he said. Okay. If there's a criminal trial, and one of the attackers, the perpetrators, Gage Grosskreutz is a perpetrator, not a victim. If one of the perpetrators testifies... He had no reasonable knowledge, no knowledge whatsoever to believe that Kyle Rittenhouse was a threat to anyone or that he had done anything wrong. This is this is this very, 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 very important part. I want to show you this update here. He testified that he had seen nothing to determine that Rittenhouse had done anything warranting having a gun pointed at him. What you need to understand is that a lot of people are viewing the Rittenhouse case with the benefit of hindsight. We've seen footage of this. We've, we're hearing testimony. And now people are like, oh, I understand why Gage Grosskreutz would attack Kyle Rittenhouse. But now you need to understand it from the perspective of that night, which is what the defense is doing a good job of. And they asked Gage Grosskreutz, one of the perpetrators, one of the criminals who should be charged, they asked him what knowledge did he have on that night as he drew an illegal gun, an illegal firearm, I should say not an illegal firearm, but a gun he was possessing illegally, Again, not a fan of the statutory laws on gun stuff, but for the sake of this criminal trial, the defense said, what knowledge did you have that Kyle Rittenhouse had done anything? Did you see Kyle Rittenhouse do anything? He says, no. Did you, did you, did you see him draw the weapon and, and, and point it at people and fire? No, nothing. You had no information. So here's what happens. On that night, Gage Grosskreutz is charging after Kyle Rittenhouse. He has no idea why. He has no idea what's going on. He asked Rittenhouse what happened, and Rittenhouse says, I didn't do anything. That's his own testimony, which is to reason. His, his information is purely speculative. He has no idea what's happening. He pulls out a gun, which he's in possession of illegally in Wisconsin, points it at Kyle Rittenhouse. Then Kyle Rittenhouse fires. 
Now, what do we get? All of the media saying victim, 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 survivor. I thought I was going to die. Paramedic. It's all sympathetic and it's it's ignoring reality. So I'm uh, I, I pull up a uh, YouTube. So I do uh, I do research here in the mornings right before I pull up these these stories <clears throat> and I go on YouTube. It's something truly amazing. So, so let, this show this story I have pulled up for Yahoo News. I'm I'm showing you you know just off from the start the bias right. But take a look at this. This is from MSNBC. 34,000 views. Legal expert Kyle Rittenhouse trial judge statements call into question possible bias. The judge snapped at CNN because he's like, I'm doing everything by the book. Why are you yelling at me? And this is what they do. This segment from MSNBC is truly crazy. Let me, let me play a little bit real quick. Today is day six in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, the Illinois teen who killed two people and wounded a third during protests after the death of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year. Jurors heard from the lone survivor, Gage Grosskrutz, who was who was training to become an EMT and was providing care to anyone who needed it. That- I'm going to pause right there and say, according to the actual trial, if you watch it, Kyle Rittenhouse was doing the exact same thing. And several witnesses have testified that Kyle Rittenhouse was there with a medical kit saying he was an EMT, whether he was or wasn't. I know he was a lifeguard and offering medical care to everyone, including the rioters. You see how they don't include that. That deadly night in Kenosha, Grosskrutz came across Rittenhouse after he had shot and killed Joseph Rosenbaum and was about to kill Anthony Huber. Grosskrutz acknowledged that he was armed with a pistol, but says his hands were raised when he was shot by Rittenhouse. Lie. That's crazy, isn't it? That MSNBC put out that statement. This guy just lied. Grosskreutz did not testify that he had his hands raised and then was shot. Isn't this insane? Here's a here's a uh, ABC News. Come on, let me give you some mainstream media sources. Shooting victim says he was pointing his gun at Rittenhouse. This is insane. Well, at the very least, I can show you what MSNBC just lied. Because ABC News says right here, shooting victim. You see how they frame this? All right. This is, you know what, you know what I try to do with these videos? Reality. Unfortunately, these people who watch MSNBC are in a cult. Oh, I know. I can hear ever. I can hear them all saying, "Oh, well, Trump's got a cult too." Yeah, don't care. That has nothing to do with this right now. I'm talking about an actual criminal trial. I have been watching the live streams of these trials. I've been sitting here as the prosecution spins around, making huge blunders, and their witnesses backfire on them. Don't get me wrong; the state's got some points. It's not a perfect, clear-cut case. And we had Cash Patel on you know, IRL the other day. He said he used to be a trial uh, lawyer, prosecutor as well, and he was like, "You never know, man." You know, the jury could go anyway. You have no idea. He's like, cases I thought I'd win, I lost. Cases I thought I'd lose, I'd win. And he says he thinks Kyle might get a lesser charge, like manslaughter. Because if he's being charged with the top murder, then the jury can convict him of anything in between. But take a look at this. ABC News says, a protester and volunteer medic wounded on the streets of Kenosha by Kyle Rittenhouse testified Monday that he was pointing his own gun at the rifle-toting Rittenhouse. Unintentionally, he said, when the young man shot him, you see how they still try to frame this as though Rittenhouse did something wrong. It's clear cut, at least on this count. Kyle Rittenhouse had his, his rifle pointed at one guy who ran up and then put his hands up and backed away. Rittenhouse did not fire. Gage Grosskreutz, 
advanced on Rittenhouse, gun in hand, and then put his hands up, gun in hand. Rittenhouse did not fire. Grosskreutz then points the weapon at Rittenhouse, who fires, hitting him in the arm. I'm sad all of it happened. We don't want any of it to happen. But look how insane the media is. I just showed you. I just showed you this. Look at this. Let me play it again. Let me play it again for you. Um, and was about to kill Anthony Huber. Grosskreutz acknowledged that he was armed with a pistol, but says his hands were raised when he was shot by Rittenhouse. Isn't that insane? This is what MSNBC does. Now, I'm not here to defend Fox News. I'm not here to defend CNN or any other outlet. I am showing you right here. MSNBC just lied. Look at this. You Google search it. All of the media is lying about what's going on. And they're not they're lying by omission and they're lying by framing. He testified he had his hand raised. When, that was an overt lie. MSNBC just made up fake news. You've probably seen the viral clip where the prosecutor asks the, the, the uh, uh, Gage Grosskreutz. He's like, so it's only after you pointed your weapon at Rittenhouse that you got shot. And he goes, that's correct. Or he says yes or something to that effect. MSNBC lies. And here's the crazy part about it. They don't even show that testimony. Look at this. I thought that the defendant was uh, an active shooter. So instead of actually showing you his testimony where he says, I had my weapon pointed at Rittenhouse, it shows him saying, I thought he was an active shooter. I thought I was going to lose my life. Let me, let, me, let me break this down for you. First, I'll show you all the, Google, the media. CNN, armed paramedic who was shot by Rittenhouse, testifies he thought the teen was an active shooter. Immaterial. It, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. If you, if you wanted to get a fair assessment of this, the headlines would not be this way. This is, it, it's, I can't say I'm surprised. Look at tearful, survivor delivers tearful testimony in teen's murder trial. He was never trying to kill Kyle. Kyle Rittenhouse trial. There's the MSNBC one. Let me pull up legal insurrection and show you what's really happening here. Rittenhouse trial day five, alleged victim Gage Grosskreutz implodes, admits he had Glock pointed at Kyle when shot, lied to police about it. It would be hard to fully express what a catastrophe this day was for prosecutor Binger. State laughably responds with suddenly discovered drone footage. Yeah, that was amazing. You heard what MSNBC said and the testimony they show. Let me break it down for you because uh, uh, Andrew Branca has an excellent point by point breakdown over at Legal Insurrection. He says Grosskreutz only shot when his gun aimed at Rittenhouse, he says, by far the most destructive of Grosskreutz's testimony to the state narrative of guilt was when he recounted before the jury that at the moment he was shot in, by, by Kyle in the bicep, the moment that he, his, his bicep was vaporized, to use his own language, his Glock 27 40 caliber pistol with a round in the chamber was pointed directly at Kyle from a distance of perhaps three feet. All this while he insisted on direct examination that he would never be able to shoot another human because that's not the kind of person I am. Kyle only ever shot people who were attacking him. He testified, Gage Grosskreutz testified this as the state star witness that other people who approached Kyle, Kyle didn't shoot. One guy kicked him. He didn't shoot him. Check this out. Grosskreutz was concerned attacks might cause Kyle serious injury. This was an amazing breakdown in the state's case, because in this testimony, Grosskreutz is on record saying that he was concerned that Anthony Huber swinging the skateboard was going to hurt Rittenhouse and that you should stop. That's amazing. Look at this. He says, here's Grosskreutz testifying that he was particularly concerned that Kyle might suffer serious head trauma 
under the tender mercies of Anthony Huber's skateboard in the same day that ADA Binger sought to ridicule the notion that a skateboard could present a deadly force threat. The prosecutor was trying to convince the jury, skateboard's no threat. Skateboard's no threat. And then their own witness testifies, actually, yeah, I was really concerned about that. You see, Gage Grosskreutz is trying to save himself, not the prosecutor. He's not charged with the crime. Maybe he will be. I really doubt it. As for the, 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 the first witness, I forget his name, something black, who claimed he was Rittenhouse's brother, he's charged by the prosecutor. So he's desperately throwing Rittenhouse under the bus to try and save himself. This guy knows he's not being charged, knows he probably won't be charged. So he's like, screw the prosecution. I better not incriminate myself. I better make myself look as good as possible to the jury. Basically what he's doing. Grosskreutz shouted Huber to stop striking Kyle with a skateboard. Now, this was actually a lie to the police. In his testimony, Grosskreutz said that he did not tell the police or, or that he, I'm sorry, that he did not say to stop swinging the skateboard. He told cops that he told at the time Huber not to hit him with the board. He testified now in hindsight that I, that is not correct. That didn't happen. He lied to the police. He, Grosskreutz concedes jump kick man kicking Kyle in the face with boots and Rittenhouse didn't strike him because Rittenhouse didn't shoot at every single person. Only those who are presenting a deadly force threat. The skateboard trying to grab his gun, not the guy who was kicking him. Because maybe Kyle was like, I'm just being kicked. And he was very, I mean, I'm actually surprised by this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At every uh, gross event, uh, confrontation Grosskreutz had with Kyle, the 17-year-old was non-confrontational. Here's where it gets really important. This is the important part. So much for the they were saving Kenosha from an active shooter narrative. Bronco writes, as for the notion pushed by ADA Binger that the men attacking the 17-year-old did so in the belief that he was a purported active shooter. Grosskreutz put a stake in the heart of that nonsensical narrative when he conceded that even he, the only identified of the attackers on Kyle who could have been so motivated lacked any reasonable basis on which to come to such a conclusion. As I noted in my most recent post examining the issues of provocation in the case, an active shooter belief that Kyle was an active shooter in the absence of evidence consistent with such a perception can only be irrational, speculative, and imaginative belief. And an irrational, speculative, and imaginative belief of an attacker cannot in any way diminish a defender's privilege of self-defense. To allow this would be to make every claim of self-defense contingent on the irrational, speculative, and imaginative beliefs of the attacker. And that's not how self-defense law uh, in general, nor the law in particular, works. In the context of an active shooter perception, for that perception to be reasonable and not merely speculative, at a minimum, there must be evidence of the core characteristic of an active shooter— as an aggressor, who has or is attempting to shoot multiple people, as Gage Grosskreutz naturally had zero evidence that Kyle had engaged in any such activity. Grosskreutz filmed himself chase, running along, I'll, say, I'll be careful here, running alongside Rittenhouse saying, what happened? Did you shoot somebody or something to that effect? And Rittenhouse says, I'm getting the police. I didn't do anything or something to that effect. Which means, from Gage Grosskreutz's perspective, Rittenhouse was not 
an active shooter. Or at least you can try and convince the jury he thought he was. But if you're going to go to a reasonable person and say, they're both running towards the police saying they're get- he's getting the police, does that sound like an active, active shooter? No, may have been a shooter, not active. But then people started saying, cranium that boy, get him, get him, get him. And Grosskreutz is seen on camera away from Rittenhouse because he turns around at some point. He runs back towards Rittenhouse and you can see him on camera drawing the Glock from his waistband behind in the small of his back. He was asked by the defense, you couldn't see Rittenhouse, could you? And he goes, no. So you didn't know where he was? No. And you're drawing your gun, a gun you were in illegal possession of no less. So let me break this down for you. Grosskreutz in the video, in his own testimony, had no evidence Rittenhouse did anything wrong. Think about what that means. I'll throw it back to uh, when, when I was in Hamburg. I think I was in Hamburg, Germany with Luke Rudkowski and a bunch of other people. Luke was at, it was this big protest event. It was the G20 or whatever, the G7. I can't remember which one. And Antifa was everywhere. Far left extremists. Luke and another journalist are walking down the street when some random person yells Nazi Schweinhund, Nazi pig at him, not knowing who Luke is, having no evidence to believe it and just screaming it. Random people jumped up from the, from the side of the road and started punching Luke and this other journalist, Max, with no evidence, just because someone screamed it. That, is, that, that makes you the bad guy. Because Luke obviously is not a, a Nazi pig or anything like that. This guy just got the wrong person, apparently just screamed at him. Now let's take a look at what happened with, with Anthony Huber and Gage Grosskreutz. Now, what Rosenbaum did there's actually a video. Apparently, they say it shows Rosenbaum wielding a chain. We believe it's Rosenbaum. He was, there, there was testimony from the state's own witness that Rosenbaum said, if I get you alone tonight, I'll effing kill you. A direct threat of death on Kyle Rittenhouse. No joke. Literally, he said it to Kyle Rittenhouse. He attacks Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse only fires when someone else fires their gun behind him. A guy named Zeminski, who pulled his gun out and fired in the air, told the cops it was stolen, apparently. Lied. Richie McGinnis testified that Rosenbaum lunged for the rifle. Rittenhouse defended himself in a very tragic and unfortunate situation. Richie McGinnis rendered aid to the man who was lying, Rosenbaum, who was lying there dying. But this is a guy who had already issued a death threat to Kyle, chased after him and tried grabbing his gun and a gun was fired. That's self-defense. No one who attacked him afterwards knows what happened. Anthony Huber may have been motivated by good intentions, and I genuinely believe he was. And I feel bad. I really do. I'm sad. He probably thought they were like, this guy, you know, they yelled, he shot somebody, he wanted to stop him. Here's the problem. He didn't see it. Anthony Hooper had no idea what happened, and he hit Rittenhouse with a skateboard and tried taking his gun from him. If, there, if, if, if there's an old lady who's being beaten mercilessly by a mugger, and then the mugger looks at you and says, that old lady's got a gun, and then you start beating the old lady— You're not the good guy. You don't know what happened, which is actually an argument against the good guy with the gun narrative. One of the problems faced when there's an active shooter is that if somebody else has a weapon, they might draw their weapon and the cops might not realize this person is trying to stop the shooter. It's a very complicated circumstance. Gage Grosskreutz had no evidence to believe Rittenhouse was an active shooter. Rittenhouse was fleeing towards the police saying, I'm getting the police, was not actively shooting anyone. He approached him with a gun in his hand, and Rittenhouse still did not fire on him. What does MSNBC say? He had his hands up. He had his hands up with a Glock in his hand, and then he points it, and then he gets shot. The media is lying. And the scary thing is, when it came to the Chauvin case, 
they were saying, you know, a lot of us were saying that the media was prepping people for disappointment, convincing people that the trial was going really well for the prosecutors. It wasn't. The whole time the trial was going pretty well for the defense, but it was a political trial. The jurors stated after the fact they were scared rioters would show up to their houses. One guy, uh, his old, it was, it was one of the witnesses, an old house of his had a pig's head and blood smeared all over it. They were bringing the jurors in with armed police with rifles because riots were ongoing in that city. So the defense in that case did really, really well with Chauvin, but not perfectly. The prosecution had their points. There were some really interesting points that I thought would be exculpatory. Apparently they weren't, but probably because it was political. So you take a look at what's going on now with the Rittenhouse trial. It's not that the media is prepping people for disappointment. They're prepping their expectations for, for, for criminal prosecution. That's what I think really happens. I think what the, what the media was doing with Chauvin was that they wanted everyone to expect a conviction because there was going to be a conviction because it was a political trial. With Kyle Rittenhouse, what I fear may be about to happen is when you watch this, when you look at the legal analysis and you actually, when you actually watch and sit through this, you're just like, I, I can't believe the state's own witnesses keep knocking down their own case. You have that famous viral photo now that was on Reddit top all time posts of the prosecutor face palming. If you are getting your news directly from the source, you would know the prosecution is floundering. But if you go to the mainstream media, you would hear lies and manipulation. They're not prepping people for disappointment. They're prepping them for a conviction. They want regular people to hear in the news that Rittenhouse is a bad guy, that the prosecution proved their case. So when he's convicted, they'll say justice was served. If the media was honest and showed you what was actually being said by Gage Grosskreutz and these other witnesses, you would be shocked when Rittenhouse is actually convicted. So I think Rittenhouse will be convicted. I think he'll get a charge. I don't know for sure. You know, I can't see the future. I don't have all the answers. I think there's good reason for the jury to acquit him outright right now. But because it's a political trial, they might just give him a manslaughter charge as a kind of, uh, well, you know, it's a compromise, not justice. Nope. Just they want to prevent riots. The media is lying about everything. So when Kyle Reynolds gets convicted, they say, well, of course he got convicted. Because if the media was being honest and Kyle Rittenhouse got convicted, people would be like, this is a miscarriage of justice, and they'd be upset by it. So don't be surprised. They're playing dirty games here. Now, I think it's surprising that even ABC was forced to admit that the attacker, the criminal, violent, attempted murderer, Gage Grosskreutz, was pointing his gun at Rittenhouse, but they call him a shooting victim. Okay. We see how this game is being played. That the, you Google search this, and it's and it's not surprising to anybody. But this is it. The media is crooked, absolutely crooked. I am not happy about what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm not happy about the riots. I'm not happy that anybody lost their lives. I think it was horrible. But let's not put a kid in prison because he was attacked by three people who had no reason to attack him. I'll leave it there. We got more trial coming up today. I'll probably have another segment depending on what happens, but stick around. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. California Governor Gavin Newsom is missing. He's gone. Nobody knows where he is. Official reports are that he was at some wedding and he's doing family stuff, 
But a lot of people aren't buying it. And I think it's fair to say I don't buy it either. But I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I can't tell you exactly what's going on with the guy. The reason this story is actually a story is because the last public appearance he had was after getting a COVID booster shot. And now there are rumors that he developed Guillain-Barre syndrome. There is absolutely no evidence to suggest that's true. We don't know what happened, but we do know that he canceled some very high profile public appearances, notably talking about climate change. And a lot of people said there's no way he would cancel an opportunity to look presidential because basically Gavin Newsom may be the only thing Democrats have as a potential 2024 nominee. I mean, some people are saying Buttigieg, but I think that's nuts. Why would Gavin Newsom vanish? So suddenly, I mean, I got to be honest with you guys. If, if it were not for the New York Times and Fox News both asking the same question, I probably wouldn't look into it. But I think there are some interesting questions as it pertains to California and their policies and their mandates and what's been going on with COVID. But I think the simple solution could just be, I don't know, maybe someone in his family died and he took time off. Maybe someone in his family got sick and he's taking time off. Maybe he got sick himself. Maybe it's not even COVID. We really don't know. And it's difficult because everybody's trying to figure out what's going on and why he's away. But one thing is for certain, the Gavin Newsom administration is not being honest about what's happening with him. So we have this story from the New York Times. And I want to show you this. And then I want to show you Fox News. And then I want to talk about the rumors and speculation of some kind of vaccine injury, which I don't believe is true. But that's why I think this is getting interesting. And I'll also stress, I really didn't care to talk about Gavin Newsom going missing, but we have new data coming out of Florida where th- uh, uh, Florida and California, where things are getting really bad in California and things are getting really good in, uh, things are really good in Florida, things are really bad in California. But check this out. Here's the story from the New York Times. Where's Governor Gavin Newsom? Even the New York Times is curious. He's in the office, according to an increasingly frustrated staff, but his critics on Twitter aren't buying it. The New York Times says two weeks ago, Governor Gavin Newsom announced he would be leading a delegation to the U.N. Climate Change Summit in Scotland. Four days later, his office abruptly announced he had changed his mind. Family obligations was all his office would say, refusing to publicly elaborate in a decision that times being what they are unleashed a barrage of conspiracy theories. What conspiracy theory? There's no conspiracy theory. And that's conspiracy theory. Basically, at this point just means hypothesis. So where is Governor Gavin Newsom? He got a booster shot, canceled a bunch of appearances. Some people are speculating that he got a, and he had an adverse reaction to the vaccine, which they can happen. And that's it. And he's fine. He just had a bad day or whatever. And he's taking time off. There you go. That's not a conspiracy theory. They haven't issued any public statements about it for the most part anyway. Isn't it crazy that if you simply question something like the governor is not publicly available for two weeks for some reason, you can ask questions why? No, you're a conspiracy theorist. Was the governor having a bad reaction to the COVID-19 booster shot he had just gotten? Were any of his children, he has four ages 12 and under, infected again with coronavirus? No and no, capital sources said. That's not definitive proof of anything. We really don't know, but it doesn't mean he's not sick. Alice of the governor noted that most parents would understand why a couple with four small children might not want to take an extended trip to Glasgow over Halloween. California environmentalists also suggested that he might not be so wrong to skip the annual climate conference, which many of them view as a jet fuel wasting spectacle. Now, this is where it started getting weird to me. Newsom apparently was going to do a virtual appearance and cancel that too. So by all means, criticize all of the people who flew on private planes to Glasgow. But 
to try and deflect from Governor Gavinism going missing after getting the booster shot by saying these things is just kind of like, hey, that's actually less credible. If they just came out and said evidence points to a family emergency, what more would anyone need to say? They say, in theory, California conservatives should also have welcomed the decision. When it appeared the governor might be summit bound, Kevin Kiley, a Republican assemblyman who challenged the governor in the September recall election, wrote in a blog post that in the absence of our jet setting governor, he was requesting a special session on the port crisis, holding oversight hearings on pandemic unemployment fraud, holding town hall events on the governor's vaccine mandate for school children and calling for hearings on mask mandates in elementary school classrooms. If we don't fight for California, Kylie said, no one will. In any case, the governor, who was to have arrived at the summit on November 1st and taken a November 4th return flight, stayed home, working at his Capitol office, according to his spokeswoman, Aaron Mellon. Lieutenant Governor Eleni Kunalakis, the former U.S. ambassador to Hungary, led the California delegation instead. Newsom released pictures of his family dressed as pirates at Halloween, announced some appointments and set out some election night encouragement to fellow Democrats. Nevertheless, as days passed with no public appearances, chatter persisted. Quote, I don't know where Gavin Newsom is and won't speculate, Kylie tweeted on Sunday. But it's pretty strange for the governor to disappear for 11 days without explanation. It is extremely weird, especially when people are talking about how Newsom may be a Democrat contender in 2024. Where's Gavin, demanded Charlie Kirk, the head of the right wing activist group Turning Point USA. Quote, it's funny how certain folks can't handle the truth. Jennifer Siebel Newsom, uh, Siebel Newsom, governor's wife, shot back in a tweet that was subsequently deleted. When someone cancels something, maybe they're just in the office working. Maybe in their free time, they're at home with their family, at their kids' sports matches, or dining out with their wife. Please stop hating and get a life. Uh, I'm going to slow down right there. Disappearing for 11 days as a high-profile politician without notice right after getting the booster shot is the worst possible optics you could imagine for vaccine mandates. So we're seeing that the, the NBA's already basically said they're mandating vaccines, the booster shots. Now, they've said that it's a recommendation, but if you don't get the booster shot, you are subject to the same regulations as those who are unvaccinated. So yeah, basically a vaccine mandate. This is not the time for a high profile governor to vanish and not make a video and put out a statement or attend something virtually. It really does seem like something's wrong. By Monday, Gavin Newsom was trending on Twitter. Unsubstantiated conjecture included Bell's palsy, death, and that he and Kamala Harris are in an undisclosed secret location. OK, that one's clearly absurd. But Bell's palsy is a maybe. It is not. It, it is rare that you get an adverse event with the vaccine of Bell's palsy or Guillain-Barre syndrome, which can result in weakness or paralysis. It's rare, but when you're talking about 300 million doses, plus now the booster shots, sooner or later, someone's going to be negatively, negatively impacted. There was, there was a news story where uh, they talked, they're, they're criticizing Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan said something to the effect that he wasn't convinced Joe Biden actually got the vaccine booster because why would they risk it? My attitude is a simple solution. In the absence of evidence, the, 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 uh, the solution that makes the least amount of assumptions is probably the correct one. Joe Biden got the booster shot. Why? They, 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 he's an old guy. He's, he, they want him to get the vaccine. They get him the booster shot. If anything really bad happened, they just cut the feed and walk away like they always do. So I don't think they're giving out saline shots. I think when they say they're giving boosters, they're just giving boosters, right? Now, with Gavin Newsom, 
This is this is what people were talking about when it comes to Joe Biden and why they thought he didn't actually get the vaccine because something bad like this, maybe we don't know if it actually happened, but something bad could happen. This is why I think Biden actually did get the vaccine and why Newsom probably did get the vaccine. If a bad thing happened, this is what you'd expect. They would just be like, he's out for two weeks. I don't think it's the end of the world. And I think there's a lot to speculate. But I think I, I love the fact that the New York Times is getting on board because they can't deny that Gavin Newsom is missing. They said during a call with reporters, California senators at the Glasgow Climate Summit became increasingly frustrated with questions about the governor's absence once, twice and a third time. Robert Hertzberg, a Democratic senator from Van Nuys, said the delegation got a heads up that a family issue would keep Newsom from joining them in Scotland. He added that he didn't know which events the governor would tune into virtually this week. Quote, there's nobody in California who wanted to be at this conference more than Gavin Newsom, Hertzberg said on Monday. But we're all human beings, man. We're all human beings. Something clearly. He's with his family. I don't think it's appropriate to further dig into it. I take him at face value, whatever it is. And sometimes you need to stay home. I got to call BS. He could easily put out a video being like, hey, guys, I'm dealing with a family emergency and I apologize for being away. But everybody deals with something like this now and now and again. I, I hope to be back uh, in the public eye and returning to these events very, very soon. But rest assured, I am working in my office. I just have to take care of some personal family issues. How hard would that be? He didn't do it. He's not doing it. Maybe it's just building PR. Who knows? They say by, by the end of the day, the governor's office had issued a statement. Last week, Governor Newsom worked, worked in the Capitol with staff on urgent issues, including COVID-19 vaccines for kids, boosters, ports, the forthcoming state budget, and California's continued economic recovery. He will have public events this week related to the economy and vaccines. In an interview, Mellon said the governor attended the Getty wedding ceremony, but not the reception, that the wedding was not the family obligation that kept him in California, that he always has been scheduled to return before the weekend, that he had been in his office alive and well all day on Monday and that she had spent an hour and a half with him. No matter. As afternoon turned to evening, in California, tweeters were twil tw still tweeting, where is Gavin Newsom? Kirk, the conservative activist, demanded again. Now, I don't know what to tell you about it, but I do think it's strange, and I do think it's interesting to bring up. We do have this story, however, from Newsweek. Gavin Newsom to make first public appearance in two weeks amid questions over absence. So that's the gist of the story. They said the governor's office announced Monday that he would take part in a fireside chat on Tuesday, deadline reported. The summit would examine the Golden State's recovery from the COVID pandemic, blah, blah, blah. Once a fixture of daily press conferences during the early part of the pandemic, there have been questions about why Newsom has been out of the public eye since getting a COVID-19 booster shot on October 27th. <clears throat> I'm not going to speculate. I have no idea. But I'm going to read you the news when both the New York Times and Newsweek say that Gavin Newsom got a COVID booster shot and then disappeared for two weeks. I don't know what that means, but I can say this. I don't like to speculate. Show me the evidence. But adverse events happen. Bell's palsy happens. Guillain-Barre happens. And what, we're, what we've been hearing a lot of with the booster shot is that I'm seeing these posts all over Facebook. I don't know if you've seen them. They say the first shot wasn't that bad. The second shot was, was pretty intense and the booster was brutal. I've seen a lot of posts like that. Now, look, I'm not saying that's, that's definitive evidence that everybody who's getting the booster is having a bad experience. I'm just saying it's evidence that there are some people who experience adverse events. By all means, go and talk to your doctor about what makes sense for you. And you got to make your own personal medical choices. Is it possible that Newsom suffered a, a moderate adverse event and you want to take some time off and relax? I think it's extremely likely. 
I think the problem is, you know, I, I was talking about this last week with like Alec Baldwin and the uh, the, the shooting incident. And, and, and I know it's not necessarily it's, it's not particularly related. Or it's not related to the story. But I think the media reaction is whenever something happens, we all, even those who question the media, have a bias to assume it can't happen here. So that, that kind of idea, like the idea that a governor couldn't have an adverse event from a, from a vaccine or the idea that he couldn't get sick or have something bad happen, people assume it can't happen. So what you end up with is a media bias saying everything's fine. He's with his family. He said so. Calm down. But we have no reason to take their word for it, no reason to believe that what they're saying is more likely to be true and correct. When it came to Alec Baldwin, they said it was a blank, it was a misfire. And then we learned later on that he actually pulls the gun, points it, pulls the trigger at the woman, and there's a bullet in it. At that point, I'm like, why did we make all of those assumptions about what, you know, giving the benefit of the doubt to these people? If the media wants to come out and try and act like nothing bad happened, I see no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. I also see no evidence that he's actually suffering from anything, but I can say him disappearing is quite alarming. And as long as we know that adverse events happen, I think there's a good possibility, not necessarily a probability, but that he had an adverse event. He's taking time off. We will see, I suppose. But he's going to apparently come out and do his public event today. He's probably fine. And this will all be ignored uh, eventually. Take a look at what's going on in California. There's another reason why I thought this was so important. At a time when California's COVID rate is now twice that of Florida's, when they're having very serious issues, the governor's nowhere to be found. That's why I think this is interesting. You've got a guy who should, for, for, he has no reason to disappear at one of the most crucial moments. But he did. Sounds like something happened to him. It's involuntary, and it stopped him from even making a video explaining it. So I'll put it this way. Masked, this is Fox News, masked California's COVID rate is now twice Florida's. We heard from the Republicans saying that all of these bad things are happening. We need, uh, you know, town hall meetings. We need uh, debates on this stuff. Gavin Newsom, nowhere to be found. There is an urgency for the governor of California to come out and make public statements addressing these issues. He's not doing it. So that's why I think the idea of of a family obligation is incorrect. I mean, it may be a family obligation considering like it's himself and he's got an obligation to his family to be healthy. Perhaps that's the angle they're going with. I think he's unwell. I think Gavin Newsom is unwell. I don't know for sure. I don't know. Fox News says California's coronavirus rate is double that of Florida despite mask mandates and recommendations to prevent the spread of the virus. Quote, you're paying for your success, which is weird. Ali H. Mokdot, professor of health metric sciences at the University of Washington, told the Mercury News when asked why Californians aren't reaping more reward for their adherence to health guidance. You succeed in controlling the virus, and now you're having infections. Cases in California are no longer falling, with the rate increasing to the CDC's red high level of the virus transmission stemming from Delta, uh, the Delta variant, Gatlet reported. But southern states, such as Texas and Florida, where state leaders do not enforce face mask policies or support other strict mandates are in the CDC's orange substantial transmission level. I have some ideas about this. California's vaccination rate is higher than the states, just Texas and Florida, but that still hasn't stopped the outbreaks. 62% of California's total population is fully vaccinated, while Florida reports 60% and Texas 54%. Here's what I think. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. 
That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What we're seeing with the Delta variant, this is really interesting stuff. The Alpha variant of COVID was really bad. It was aggressive. It killed a lot of people. However, viruses that kill their host are not good viruses and eventually fade away because once people get sick, they seek treatment and then it stops transmission. The Delta variant is more infectious, but less deadly. At least that's what's been reported. It makes sense. Over time, the strain that persists is one that's going to mutate to be less likely to cause serious harm because people then won't seek hospitalization. The virus will then persist, increasing infectivity because the more infectious virus is going to be able to infect more hosts, but being less lethal, less deadly, because then people will likely ignore it and spread it around. So I think that makes a whole lot of sense. And when you look at Florida and Texas, what ends up happening is you have people who didn't wear masks, gathered in large places, probably all got sick, probably got over it. Surprise, surprise. They probably have herd immunity by now. California and these other states that have been insanely strict have stopped people from developing herd immunity and are trying to rely on the vaccine alone, which now with the NBA saying they're going to do vaccine, uh, you know, booster mandates. I don't think is going to be enough to actually stop this. My opinion on this is that if we never locked down, we'd probably have less death. No joke, less death. First, you had the nursing homes, which these these Democrat governors were were psychotic and put sick patients in nursing homes, killing the elderly. If we didn't lock down, people would have gotten sick. Hospitals would have been overwhelmed, but people would have developed natural immunity. And and ultimately, it would have led, in my opinion, to uh, herd immunity. In which case, too many people will have some degree of immunity, so that will stop the spread for the most part. Instead, you take a look at the data now, and I think it's obvious. The, the authoritarian lockdown states are doing bad. The freedom-oriented liberty states doing a lot better. Some people might say that it's because of the weather in the South, but California's also got comparable weather, so I don't think that's the case. Ultimately, I can't tell you. I can't. I can only say that Florida's got monoclonal antibodies. They have no restrictions. People are getting by just fine, and their COVID rates are down. Meanwhile, in California, their COVID rates are are up. Their governor is nowhere to be found. Leadership is basically lost at this point. And I think people need to realize this is why I this is why decentralization is so much better than centralized authority or economies. Uh, to put it mildly. This is why communism doesn't work. When you have a place where people are free to choose to live as they want, there's risk. They can get sick. I know. I got sick. And all these leftists are like, oh, Tim Pool opposes vaccine mandates, and then he got sick. What does government mandates have to do with people getting sick? I got treated. I'm all better. Actually, the treatment took like a day to work. It was incredible. If I want to assume those risks, that's on me. And I live in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like anybody's going to get sick from me. Someone went somewhere, brought it here. Hey, that's what happens. No one from here went anywhere else after the fact. So ultimately, we make our own choices. And I think when you do, things improve. Because people can make better choices for themselves. Not perfectly. Some people get sick. They go outside. They go on elevators. They sneeze. Dick move. Most people get sick and say, I'm going to stay home. I don't want to get anybody sick. The mandates make people, in my opinion, less, it it, it makes it less likely to develop herd immunity. You think you can control these systems, you can't. You take a look at how centralized economies work throughout history, and you see the same thing. 
some despot will say, we need more iron. So then they'll mend it. Everybody make iron and then no one's doing other things. And then they destroy other tools, their farming tools, and then they'll starve. That's I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing this, the pig iron story in China. The point is one person or a committee can't figure out what works best for everyone. They don't have the computational power, but the wisdom of the crowd works. So when you have a place that says, get back to business and do your thing, people find a way. They get sick. They don't come into work. Less transmission. Some people still get sick. You develop herd immunity. In states where they've locked everything down with an iron fist, the economy is in shambles. People aren't working and they're still getting sick. And now their governor is likely sick. And I'll tell you why I say likely. Again, I'm not saying I have evidence of anything. I'm just saying if he's disappeared for two weeks, maybe he got COVID. Maybe it has nothing to do with the booster shot. Maybe he has a breakthrough case and it's moderate to severe. If he wasn't sick, he could easily put out a quick video or do a virtual appearance. No, I think the dude's sick. I think he's sick. I don't know if any, I don't, I, I, I honestly don't believe it has anything to do with the vaccine. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a possibility. And I ultimately think that he's probably sick. I think that's a fair assessment, but. I don't know. Whatever, man. Who cares? It's Gavin Newsom. Where is he? We'll find out. Maybe he'll do his speech today. He's probably fine. But uh, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.